Welcome to Salt of Carmel podcast from Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Parish in Carmel, Indiana, where we have the opportunity to hear individual faith stories and learn how God has touched our parishioners in their spiritual journeys. I'm Jody Curtis, a parishioner at Our Lady, and my co-host today is Tom Ponchak, the Director of Adult Faith Formation. Our guest today is Jill Runt. Jill, tell us about yourself and your role in the parish. Sure. So my name is Jill Rund. Um, I'm relatively new to the parish, I guess. We've been here going on four years. Um, I, My husband, Anthony, and I have four children. And at this point in my life, I'm a primarily a stay-at-home mom. So I feel like my role for my children is to keep them focused and rooted in Christ so that um, they can go out in this big, scary world, I guess, and really present Christ to others and to feel grounded and rooted. Um, And as far as like involvement in the parish, uh, we do life group as a family. And our kids really look forward to that because they get to be with other kids and hang out. And then we as adults really look forward to it just to have some time <laughs> together with other adults and have actual adult conversation um, and just learn more about our faith and develop those friendships more, uh, which I find to be super important just in our world, just to have those friends that we have that are like-minded and that can kind of keep us accountable. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, life group and I'm doing fiat right now, which is kind of like the female version of Exodus 90, uh-huh. um, which that's been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, that's a so, tough challenge yeah. to take on. It is. It is, but it's, you know, uh, Anthony did Exodus 90, and now he has led a couple groups. And so the kids really got involved in that, and they would, part of that is cold showers. And so they always would, like, want to know. Did you take a shower today, Dad? (laughs) So they're they're really excited that I'm trying to do it too, you know, and just super encouragers. Um, None of them have volunteered to take a cold shower yet. But But they want to hear about it, right? So, yeah. Well, Jill, what was your life like before having a true relationship with Christ? Well, I think I've always, I grew up as a um, cradle Catholic. And I've always had a relationship with Christ. Um, I grew up with, my mom was one of 16 children in a very strong Catholic family. My father was in a Christian by name family, but not real involved with Christianity. So when they got married, he converted to Catholicism. And my mom's faith and her, just her steadfast perseverance on this is where we're going in life, we're going to church, um, really rooted all of us. So as a child, I, um, I always just saw faith and family as going together. They were just part of it. And, um, we, we had very good relationships with our priest. His name was father Ted. He's still, still around and he's still like my favorite guy in the world, but, um, we knew him like a family member. So I lived life at home, but then I was always at the church for some reason. He had a job for everyone in our family. And um, so that was just my life all through high school and everything. I was involved 
in all of the youth ministry and um, just any any celebration that was happening at the church, I was involved in it. And Father was at our house for all holidays and all birthdays and just because it was Friday and he was bored, he'd come over for ice cream. <laughs> you know, it was just part of life. Um, so that was life for, for me for a very long time. And then I went off to college and I, I kind of left this little bubble. I mean, I grew up in a small town in Illinois, um, like 6,000 people. And everybody knew everything about you. And while that can seem stifling, it's also very good. It's kind of keeps you accountable. You right. Know? Right. And um, so it really kept me in line, I guess. <laughs> so then when I went to college, not that I became like this wild person, but I really just that's when I kind of explored that rebelliousness side. And college to me was just overwhelming in many ways. Even though I went to a small college. Uh, I went to St. Mary's College up in Notre Dame. And it was very small. However, I just, to me, it was huge. <laughs> <laughs> and I was mesmerized by all the different ideas that were out there. And I mean, it was Catholic. However, I was surrounded by lots of different people that weren't necessarily following their Catholic faith. And I moved from being a Catholic that was very rooted to being someone who was Catholic by name, but not so much by deed. And um, I just, I went to church regularly. However, it was just like, cause I, that was part of, it was like brushing my teeth. You know, I would go to church. It's just part of what you do, but I don't know that I was really engaging in church. And I was so immersed in the culture and the ideas of all these different people that were exploring everything from, their own religious ideas to their own sexuality to, I mean, just anything that you could imagine. And in college, to me, it seemed that it was about being intellectual and being able to talk through ideas and hear somebody else's ideas and be okay with that. And I took on what turned out, what started out as acceptance, which would be like a very Jesus friendly thing, right? Turned into acceptance of truths that weren't the actual truth, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it went from the acceptance of truth with a capital T to acceptance of truth with a lowercase t. Mm -hmm. And just what's true for you is fine. And that this is what's true for me. And, you know, it was became very cool to be like that. And you seemed very open-minded and smarter and, you know, less of a small town Illinois girl. Yeah. Um, and so I really embraced that. And I went on, I got an art degree and a psych degree. And um, I mean, those degrees are like scream in many ways, often relativism. <laughs> yeah. just, like not always, I don't want to like put anybody off, but for me, it was about that. It was recognizing wherever somebody was and being okay with who they were and never challenging them on some of their own ideas, unless it was just fun to engage them in an argument. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure we've all met people like well, like me, my 20-some-year-old self. I just <laughs> want to argue with you because it's fun to try to pin you in something. It's terrible. I was horrible human. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so I kind of drifted, I guess, from my faith in my college years. Uh, always believed in God. However, definitely... Uh, 
I think the ideas that I was surrounding myself with pulled me and skewed what God could be and into something that I wanted it to be as opposed to the truth. Um, yeah. So then was there a moment of uh, like an encounter with Christ or something that started a change in you? Yes. So um, we go back a little. So I was really stuck in this relativistic world, went on, pursued art, and then went on and pursued a psych degree and really kind of got into that, found my husband who kept pulling me towards truth, I guess, <laughs> um, but met me where I was, but was very grounded himself. And then we started, we had children right away. We moved through several different um, states with his job. We ended up here in Carmel. And the one thing that I can, uh, there are several, but the one that I really look to is pulling me back was chirp. And I know that's really big among our parish and it is for a reason I think um, I had been pulled back to many to Christ and really seeking Christ but I think that once you open the door to relativism the world loves that I mean the world is based on that in many ways our culture is and so it just permeates every aspect of you and to close that door again is really hard because it takes over your language and how you think about it and um how I word things often, I question, I have to catch myself still saying, for me, I believe, but it's mm. really, this is the truth. Like, <laughs> just yeah, need to say yeah. it like that. So anyway, I ended up, you know, I have children, we moved to Carmel, and um, we'd been here maybe three months, and Rex is Anthony's uncle, and he was like, you know, you guys should really do chirp. That's how you're going to meet people. And so I just figured he's, he's a super smart man. I'm going to follow what he says. So, I'm going to do this. so I signed up for a chirp and, um, I was at that moment just feeling like I was drowning in motherhood. I was trying to do everything I could to keep all these little people going. And I was in a brand new area. My husband was traveling, was up all night with little ones and then cleaning up piles of toys, walking away, coming back, the whole room's blown up again. And I just felt like I can't, I don't have joy anymore. I don't, my cup was not full and there was nothing I had left to give. And I didn't know where to go. And Anthony's like, you, you should just do this. And right beforehand, I thought, I don't have time to do this. Right. <laughs> I can't take a weekend away. But I went and when I got there, it was just, it was what I needed. And Christ gave me what I needed. And I, um, I think it, I took the time to really focus on where I had been and where I needed to be and how I needed to ground myself again and to find truth and bring that truth to my children and, um, point them in the right direction. Yes. Nice. Nice. So who influenced you to see Christ and those around you? Um, so as a child, my parents were both very active in my faith. Um, my father, although very silent in many ways when it comes to Christianity, he lived a very Christian life in that he was very, he could see Christ in anyone. He was friends with everyone in our small town. He knew them all. Um, 
they all knew him. He was the coach. So people call him coach all the time. Um, but he knew he would go for 4 a.m. walks with the janitor at the high school. And he would he'd talk with the barber and all these different people. And he always knew what was going on in people's lives, but not in a busybody way. Like he would never really share, but he would find a way to make their lives better. So he would find out like at 4.30 in the morning that some kid was having a hard time and the janitor would start meeting with the, with my dad and they would open up the school so this kid could come in and take showers before school. Or, mm. you know, there was just always some way that he was linking the community to, I don't know, trying to help people. So, and, and then my mom was uh, director of nurses at a nursing home. And she always would talk about these amazing people that she got to spend her day with at the nursing home. And she wanted me to spend time with them too, just so I could learn about these wonderful people. And I learned to find Christ in just the, everybody's face, I guess. You know, the elderly person that was sitting at the nursing home, I would sit and spend time with after school while I waited for my mom to get off of work. And I couldn't wait for those conversations. And um, my dad just would talk with anybody. It could be any of the myriad of people that we would see in a small town. And he would always be pointing me towards them and what they were able to do in their life and how we could help them. So my parents. I guess. Yeah, that's beautiful. Great. Um, you, you mentioned art earlier mm-hmm. and uh, also just kind of, I think sometimes maybe it's stereotypical, but uh, I think today we associate arts with not necessarily a Christian way of life and, you know, very uh, relativistic, but um, so how do you see your, your role as an artist and just the role of art itself as an opportunity to draw people to Christ? So when I initially got my art degree and I started selling artwork, I found it very unfulfilling because I was doing paintings to match people's couches And that was my life. And I just thought, this is really not fulfilling. And I pulled away from it. And um, when I moved here to Indy, the Indy area, I was really struggling because I was thinking about where I was going to go next after we finished having children, if I was going to go back to work as a psychologist or if I wanted to do art again. And I used to, um, I worked a lot at our house just on various tests, sanding things down and whatever. So I was sanding down our entire humongous stairwell. (laughs) And um, while I did that, I was praying the rosary. And it just really had this call to go back to art. And I felt like I was being spoken to, to go back to artwork. And um, so I decided that I wanted to make art for our home. And when I thought about what I wanted on our walls, I wanted it to be like my house when I grew up and what I saw at my grandparents' house. And what I saw there were reflections of our faith. And it just felt very comforting and grounded. And um, so I wanted to create that for my own home. But our home is a more modern, contemporary home. And that's just not available. You know, you go to a store, oftentimes it's very dark to some extent. I don't mean like dark and like evil, obviously. I mean, like, the imagery is just kind of dark and not light and eerie. And I didn't know how to do that. So I painted the last supper from our own house to fit our style. 
And then there was a lot of compliments that came from that. And I thought, oh, maybe I should do more of this. And then I realized like people are seeking artwork for, you know, for themselves, for beauty, but the world will always fill, fill your, um, what do I want to say? They will define beauty for you if you allow them to. And so it will be defined with anything that is relative, right? We could say anything is beautiful. However, there is beauty and truth and there's always beauty and truth and you can't deny that. And so when you paint reflections from God, then that is the truth and that is beautiful and that is what we want to surround ourselves with. And so that is what I've chosen for our house. And it's been amazing to see that that is also what a lot of people want for their own homes. Um, and I think that this world, this world is going to tell our kids uh, what to think. And we are surrounded by imagery. We Everywhere you go, there's something to show you what you should think and how you should live your life. And it is so important today, more than ever, to ground our kids in the faith. And whether that's you know, the jewelry that we wear or what we put on our walls or how we celebrate. I mean, in our home, we celebrate feast days and we celebrate baptisms and all those things I think are so important because the world is so eager to show another way. So nice. Well said. Well said. Um, you know, at Our Lady, we like to say we're grateful no matter what. What are you most grateful for? I'm most grateful for the pillars of faith that I've had. Um, I think a lot of kids today don't have that. And so I feel so grateful for my mom, for my dad, for Father Ted, <laughs> all of those priests and uh, holy people that have really just grounded me in faith from the beginning and allowed me to, even when I went off kind of on my relativistic tangent, pulled me back in and found ways to do that and to prayed me back in, yeah. honestly. Um, my mom has always been one to pray the rosary and to just be steadfast in prayer. And um, I think that that is something I'm so grateful for because even now when there are things where I just don't have the words for it, I know I have the rosary, right? Yeah. Love it. What do you think are your specific gifts for evangelization, for sharing God's love with others? So I think that, um, Art, obviously, I think would be one of my gifts just in that I, I see imagery of um, how, I guess, when I read scripture or when I uh, listen to the word, I, I visualize it. And I think in our world, we, we need more pictures. Mm -hmm. We need to take up more space, honestly, um, not be pushed aside as Christians. And so I feel like... Um, my gift of visual art is there to take up space yeah, <laughs> in, in the right it. way. <laughs> Jill, how can our listeners find your art? Um, so you can go on my website. Thank you. You can go on my <laughs> website. It's uh, jillelizabethart.com. And it is a, a website that's focused on contemporary art, but it's definitely rooted in sacred tradition. So. Yeah. Nice. And, you know, we call this the Salted Caramel Podcast. So we're trying to redeem the phrase salty by mm -hmm. making that more spiritual. Yeah. Um, what keeps you salty? So I think what keeps me salty is uh, my 
daily practice. So getting up in the morning, reading the Bible, saying my rosary. When I drive my kids to school, I turn on a seven-minute podcast. It's not salted caramel, but we'll add it. (laughs) (laughs) But I turn on Catholic Sprouts and listen to that with my kids, and we talk about what's happening, whatever it is on the podcast. And then I think just uh, filling my life with Jesus. So keeping me salty is all of the the artwork, the jewelry, the talking about it, celebrating, just living liturgically. Yeah, love it. Love it. Well, we like to give our listeners a call to action every week, something that they can do. Um, And so sitting here listening to you, um, particularly, I think, for the listeners at home that that do have those young families, um, what's one thing you could throw out there, a challenge for them this week uh, mm-hmm. on uh, taking what we've talked about and kind of incorporating Christ into their families? I would challenge you to look around your walls. <laughs> but honestly, look around your walls, look around your house and see what you are showing your children every day mm-hmm. as what is valuable. You know, What do you have hanging up? Is it nothing on your wall but your TV? And what is your TV turned into? You know, or is it, do you have pictures of family up? Do you have pictures of saints? Do you have people that they should strive to be on your walls? And um, really look at that and see what you need to do to change. <laughs> I love That's it. That's great. Love yeah. It. Great call. Well, let's close with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for... Uh, this opportunity to get together and just to uh, share how you move in and through us um, in so many different ways. And we just ask for your blessing to be upon Jill and upon all those listening. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.